who just pick up an absolutely massive, impressive road win at Maryland on Saturday. We'll recap that, uh, what made it so impressive, who made it possible, all that fun stuff, as well as previewing a top 10 showdown as the women's basketball team finally returns to the court after two weeks off. Lots to talk about in today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, January 31st. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only uh, one-stop shop, daily one-stop shop for IU Athletics News analysis as we'll do today some previews some recaps uh guest interviews from time to time lots of stuff we mix in here as always it was a great weekend for the hoosiers i'm your host as always jacob rude bringing you all the fun stuff from that weekend i want to thank you guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every day just a reminder we're free and available on youtube we premiere the episodes every day at 7 a.m so you guys can hang out in the during your morning routine Uh, chat with fellow Hoosier fans, find out the news from the day prior. Also, be sure to subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you guys uh, listen to your favorite podcast app. We're available there. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Boy, was it a fun one on Saturday for Indiana. Uh, We talked on Friday's episode previewing the game. Uh, Ken Palm only had this game as basically a toss-up. Hoosiers were slightly favored. Um, So the fact that Indiana came out and thoroughly dominated that game was one of the most impressive wins of the season. Obviously, the the Purdue game, the Ohio State game to a lesser degree, uh, were both really big performances. But considering what this team had done or hadn't done really, on the road, uh, specifically in Big Ten play, um, this was their best 40-minute performance, and it didn't even start off well. Uh, for those that missed it, let's do a quick little Cliff Notes recap. Who just come out slow, fall behind, I believe it was 6 nothing. Uh, maybe I fired off some tweets about it's time to change the starting lineup already. Maybe I didn't, uh, but... They made me eat crow because the Hoosiers immediately go on a 13 to nothing run, uh, more or less take control of the game. Um, and Maryland made a couple different kind of smaller runs. Uh, I believe there was even a brief time kind of in the latter stages where they had taken back the lead. Um, but Hoosiers closed the half on a big run and then just put the pedal to the metal in the second half and, Pulled away with that one. It got a little close at the end. Uh, Nothing that was ever really bothersome. Uh, Just a dominant performance against, we called it a winnable game. um, And that was certainly the case. It was a a game the Hoosiers um, should have won. And a game that they uh, did well to win. Manner in which they did it was very impressive. Um, That. 17-3 17 to 3 run specifically in the first half uh, felt like the the turning point in the game because if you look at Ken Palm's win probability that run starts out with the Hoosiers down 26 to 23 
and it's virtually a toss-up. It's actually slightly favored Maryland. Uh, the Hoosiers had a 49.1% win probability at the start of that. By the time the run ended, it was the start of the second half. The Hoosiers were up 36 to 26 and had an 83.4% win probability. And it only really went up from there. It, it dipped a little bit. Uh, and then the Hoosiers really put the pedal to the metal. And from the uh, about 10-minute mark on, it was never below 95%. Uh, the Hoosiers dominated that game. And the fact there was no let-up, uh, that's something that's been a problem at times, you could say. Uh, the Hoosiers kept their foot on the gas in that second half, saw the game out. Uh, there was never – I know that Penn State game, some people were worried about the fact that Penn State – made a run, kind of got, kind of got in the game at the end of it. It never really was a close game. Um, it really just made the score look closer than what it was. I know that was kind of a talking point. I I largely downplayed it because you, you just kind of expect that to happen when a team's down by a bunch. I didn't think it was anything to be bothered by. Um, and this, this is kind of why. Because when it mattered, when they needed to put their foot down, when they needed to end the game, this is what they did against Maryland. And this is another example of this team learning how to win. It's a phrase that Mike Woodson keeps mentioning throughout the season. And you keep seeing the improvements throughout the season. Uh, first, it was at home against your Purdue, uh, where the Hoosiers had to come back and see the game out at the end. Now you have the example that we've seen this season where the Hoosiers are up double digit on the road. Obviously, this isn't Wisconsin. This isn't Iowa. But it was still a, a road game in the Big Ten, and those are difficult. And the Hoosiers get up double digits in the second half and then see the game out. They were smart on both ends of the floor. Um, they were careful with the ball, largely speaking. And they, they made the right plays time and time again to see the game out. They only finished with 10 turnovers. Um, they shot... 50% on two-pointers, 30% on three-pointers. So overall, an impressive performance. And, and like I said, another example of the team seeing the game out. I thought the bench played really well. 19 points off the bench. All of those coming from Trey Galloway, Jordan Geronimo, and Christian Lander finally made his return. It was tendonitis in his knee that was keeping him from getting onto the floor. He finally makes an appearance on Saturday. If I'm being honest, he looked like a guy that had no rhythm because he hadn't. He hadn't played in, uh, I think it was about two months. I can't remember specifically when the last time he played was, but it had been quite a while uh, since he had played. And um, December 22nd against Northern Kentucky was his last game. So one month, excuse me, uh, a little over a month since he had last played. And he looked like it. He had four fouls. Um, he only turned the ball over once, but... Uh, he looked like a guy that was a step slow. And I tweeted toward the end of the game, uh, really wasn't even toward the end, about the last eight minutes or so, the Hoosiers were pretty comfortably ahead. And I said, leave Christian Lander in the game. Let him get – this is how you help him get his rhythm back. And uh, Mike Woodson did just that. And it ended with him knocking down a three, getting to the basket, uh, kind of showcasing what made him a touted prospect. We learned that it's plantar fascia that will keep Rob Finnessy out. That's not an injury you can rush or improve the return time on. It's literally just an injury that you will wait and see how that goes. So 
the Hoosiers are going to need Christian Lander and the fact that he was able to get on the court, shake off some of that rust and uh, get some buckets late, try to build a little bit of a rhythm was impressive. Jordan Geronimo continues to be awesome. Uh, we're seeing him kind of blossom right in front of our eyes. I absolutely love watching him play six points, eight rebounds um, and a couple of blocks. He is, he is terrific. And um, he's going to be, I think he's going to be really, really special, really, really good uh, in the future. And then Trey Galloway continues to have a huge impact every game. It seems like 25 minutes uh, actually played more minutes than either Miller cop or Parker Stewart. Uh, Galloway went four or five from the field, eight points, a couple of assists, um, couple steals as well as he's prone to do provides that energy uh he got, he took it to the rack a couple times on saturday as well uh one big kind of authoritative slam um he's really getting comfortable out there uh you have to think this is also somebody that uh, missed an extended period of time and he was thrown back into the fire against ohio state and um seems like he's really starting to get his rhythm uh, and really uh, starting to contribute offensively, which he was contributing um, early on, but it wasn't, it, it was in a lot of kind of unique ways, I guess I should say. Now he's kind of in the flow of the offense and getting some baskets, it feels, in that regard. Regardless, though, he continues to be a bright spot. So, absolutely perfect way to head into a week long break uh, heading into that Illinois game. I guess it's Illinois week, we can call it. A perfect way to head into that. Uh, we There were a number of standout performers on the day. Uh, we're going to look at three of them specifically. First, we have to talk about Get Upside. I know I keep talking about it, guys, but I'm trying to save you money here. Uh, Get Upside is an app that my listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill it up. I used it again today. Uh, it's very simple. I was at a stoplight getting gas. I thought, need to use a get upside app uh pulled it up obviously i wouldn't use my phone while driving so i waited till we got to the gas station uh and just simple claimed the offer checked in right away went filled up some gas uh and get and i'll get the cash back last time it took about 24 hours this time uh we will see but for you guys there is no catch download the get upside app if you use score You'll get uh, $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Uh, everybody always complains about gas prices. This is your way uh, to make some money back on that. It's really simple to cash out at any time, whether to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards, to Amazon or other places. All of it is super simple. So go download the Get Upside app today. Use that promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE for the Get Upside app. Three key players I want to highlight. Obviously, we're going to start off with Trace Jackson Davis, who uh, was really, really impressive, as he always is. 7-12 to 12 from the field, uh, 17 points, 3 or 4 at the line, 9 rebounds, uh, 3 assists, a block, just... Uh, everything he does is, is so impressive. It It's almost, don't take Trace Jackson Davis for granted, basically, because what he has made look normal is not normal. And he is a, a superstar player, um, just a tremendous talent. 
Uh, I, I looked at the Indiana HQ kind of lineup data. We may look at that later in the week, but he was a part of Indiana's six best lineups in terms of plus minus. I think that's probably the best way to describe his impact, and that's a, a recurring trend uh, as well, that he is always a part of the best lineups the Hoosiers have. Race Thompson was uh, great again. 18 points, 12 rebounds, an assist, a block, a steal, doing everything you expect a glue guy like him to do. He was also 7 of 12 from the field. He did his in 27 minutes. Uh, Maybe most interestingly is that he was 2 for 2 from the three-point line. Small sample size, uh, but he is now 4 for 4 over his last two games. So he's made his last four three-pointers. Um, he's, he takes him a lot. He clearly has the green light from coach Woodson to take three pointers for better or for worse. He's now up to eight of 33 on the season, 24% shooter. He was never as bad as he was, uh, before the last two games. It was in like the teens. I think his shooting percentage may be worse than that. He was never that bad of a shooter. It's not his game though. So you can understand why he takes so few, but um, it's nice to see a bit of a pop regression. Uh, it's an element that can only help his game because the more you can space the floor out, the more driving lanes there are for Xavier Johnson, the more room there is to work for uh, Trace Jackson Davis. He's such a smart player too that he's able to cut on those, lose his defender and get open looks as well. So it only spells good if you can become just a an adequate three-point threat that teams have to just be aware of you out there, stretch out a little bit. So interesting little nugget, but man, Trace and Race going for 35 points on 14 to 24 shooting with 21 combined rebounds, uh, two blocks. What a duo these two are. I, I just, again, just as a... a a duo together, don't take them for granted because we've seen a lot of talented players come together or come through Indiana together. This is one of my favorites, uh, just the way they complement each other. You obviously you have your your Yogi and Troy Williams, your Cody and Vic, uh, whoever it may be. Watford was obviously on that team. Jordy, uh, those. Those all players were were great together, but it's the way Trace and Race play off of each other, dominate together, um, that makes them so much fun to watch. So uh, I thoroughly enjoy these two. One of my favorite pairings I can ever remember, uh, and the Hoosiers rely on them so much, and they turn up time and time again. Last person I want to talk about is Xavier Johnson, who... I thought I had one of his best games of the season. Then I looked at the box score uh, and was honestly surprised. I'm not someone who really pays attention to the box score during games. I think I've said that before. Uh, I typically will look at it at the end of a game or after the game is over. Um, and so I was surprised to see Xavier Johnson finish one of eight from the field. Uh, he went five of six at the three-point line, had eight points, uh, nine assists to two turnovers, uh, I believe he had seven assists and no turnovers at halftime. Uh, he really controlled that game uh, from the point guard position. And again, I thought he played one of his better games, one of his best games of the season, kind of 
not even just statistically clearly because he went one of eight, but just from the way he impacted the game, had a steal in there as well, had a couple of rebounds. Um, what the trend has kind of shifted for Indiana because for for so much of the season, even as recently as um, the some of the the road games, um, the Nebraska game, um, things like that. We were talking about how these guards are holding Indiana back. And I I think the, the narrative has started to, to shift. Even at the time, it had kind of started to shift. But I use now winning because of its guards and not in spite of, which is an important development because we talked all season. Um, the floor is set by Trace and Race. This is going to be a competitive team night in, night out because of those two. The ceiling is going to be set by Xavier Johnson, Rob Fennessy, Christian Lander now, Trey Galloway, Parker Stewart, the guards. The guards are going to set the ceiling of this team. And you can see on days like Saturday, this is a damn good IU team when the guards play well. And it doesn't even have to be statistically play well. Xavier went one of eight from the field, and IU blew Maryland out. Uh, the scoreline was honestly kind of flattering to Maryland in the – by the end of it, but um, the guards, I think, are, are really starting to to lead the way might be a bit strong because obviously Race and Trace had 35 combined points, but um, you're seeing the, just what we were preaching this whole time is just how important these guards are. When they play well, this team is really damn good, which isn't breaking news, but Saturday was the latest example of it. Uh, that capped off a, a pretty strong January for Xavier Johnson, nine games, he had 11 point, he averaged 11.1 points, 4.9 assists, 3.4 rebounds. Still not necessarily an efficient score. He still has a lot of nights where you're one of eight, you're one of seven, uh, things of that nature. He only shot 37% from the field in that span. He shot 35% from three, though. If he can be a, just an average three point shooter, that helps immensely. Uh, but it's the way he's able to impact the game. Uh, with his speed, with his quickness, with his defensive ability. Uh, and you can see he's starting to find his groove for the Hoosiers. It's really, really important, especially now that Rob Finnessy's out for uh, whatever time frame it's going to be. The Hoosiers are going to rely on Xavier Johnson quite a bit. So getting him uh, or having him play at this level, super, super uh, important for the Hoosiers. And uh, you saw on Saturday what happens when the Hoosiers are able to get strong point guard play like that. So we're going to have a lot of time to talk about IU basketball this week uh, with no games. So uh, what we will talk about next, though, is the women's basketball team who finally return to the floor for top 10 showdown. Welcome back. You get number seven Michigan on the road. So we're going to preview that game, uh, look at the Wolverines and the hopes Indiana has for this contest it's a new year though guys so that means new year resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier make sure you include built bar in your plan built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar honestly even better than a candy bar it's not your chalky waxy protein bar uh, that you're typically used to um, these are not hard to to chew down or taste like chemical spills uh, these taste like candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate. Catch is that they're, they're better for you than uh, candy bars. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 
four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Uh, so if you guys are looking to eat healthier this uh, new year, try out some Built Bar. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that's good for you, uh, tastes good as well. That way, uh, every time you enjoy a Built Bar, we'll just count it as a workout, basically. Best part is all the amazing flavors they have. Big fan of cookies and cream. Big fan of the blueberry muffin that was a limited time flavor. They're always bringing out limited time flavors. So be sure you guys head on over to built.com. See what's available today. Uh, while you're over there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. For the first time in 15 days, a Hoosier women's basketball team is back in action. Number six, IU. At number seven, Michigan, 7 p.m. tip off in Ann Arbor. Uh, it'll be on ESPN2. You don't have to be annoyed at Big Ten Plus or anything like that. When you get a top 10 showdown like this, ESPN comes calling. Uh, as we've said, first IU game in 15 days. Last time the Hoosiers played was that road game in West Lafayette, that wild comeback uh, that ended in a victory um, in Mackey Arena. Hoosiers have not played since that game, January 16th. Uh, a lot has changed in that span, uh, though technically they weren't playing with McKenzie Holmes then. They will not have McKenzie Holmes on Monday, and they know now that McKenzie Holmes probably won't be back uh, until the end of February, the, the star player of the team. But this is a, a talented starting five, as we've mentioned all season. They have... Uh, the players to pick up wins without her, as we saw in that Purdue game. It's going to be a daunting task uh, tonight as they take on a talented Michigan team. If you look at the series between these two, uh, the Hoosiers lead 46-28 to 28 all time. Uh, it's been a series dominated by runs. The Hoosiers had a 12-game win streak um, in the 70s and 80s. Michigan had a 10-game win streak in the early 2010s. Last meeting, though, went the Hoosiers' way. They won 70-65 to 65 in that contest. Allie Patberg had 21 points. Grace Berger had 16. Um, Grace Berger got to the line 10 times. Hoosiers were impressive in that one. Hoosiers have won the last two games. Last time they went to Ann Arbor, they won 78-60. to 60. Uh, Again, 21 points from Patberg, uh, 13 points from Grace Berger. So uh, having said that, though, um, the two teams are five and five in their last 10 games. So it's been a relatively even series after kind of some of those streaks um, during various time periods. But Indiana is 25 and eight at home in this series, but 17 and 18 in Ann Arbor. So it's going to be a tough, tough task because this Michigan team is supremely talented. Uh, they come into this game 18 and two on the season. Uh, their only losses are to number two, or excuse me, number 10, Louisville, and then got upset by Nebraska at the beginning of January in Big Ten play. Uh, they have a number of top 25 wins, though. They beat number 16, Oregon State, uh, early in non conference play. Number five, Baylor, big win there. Uh, they win that one overtime. They've beaten Ohio State twice. Once when they were 25th ranked, once when they were 22nd ranked. Also gave a whooping to Maryland. 
Uh, I believe roughly around the same time the Hoosiers played them, uh, Maryland has certainly uh, struggled in recent weeks. Um, Hoosiers beat them on January 2nd. Michigan beat them two weeks later. Maryland has really kind of taken a step back. They are 15-6 and six on the year. But this Michigan team is really, really impressive. They come in winners of six straight, uh, all of them in Big Ten play, two of them against ranked teams. Uh, they are flying high. They have one of the top players in the country, Nas Hillman, who I'm sure some of you are familiar with that name, sitting there thinking, where have I heard that before? Last year, she had a 50-point game versus Ohio State, uh, a impressive, impressive uh, performance, one of the top scores in the country, 20.2 points per game, 8.9 rebounds to go along with that. Uh, she is as talented as they come, has scored at least 20 points in each of the last three games for the last five. Uh, she is easily going to be the top name on the scouting report for the Hoosiers. Hasn't had the 50 point explosion yet this season, but she did have 30 points in the opener over IUPY, though Michigan needed overtime to win that game. So they're prone to a couple, uh, Poor performances from time to time, but clearly when the big teams show up, uh, these guys or these gals, I should say, uh, show up as well. Leah Brown is going to be uh, another focus for the Hoosiers. She's averaging 15.1 points, 3.3 rebounds, 3.4 assists. Actually, watched her in college. Uh, she had a, a really good case for uh, Miss Basketball. She played up in the Fort Wayne area, I believe in uh, DeKalb. Um, she was a, an incredible player then, triple-double threat every night. Uh, now the fact that she is simply second fiddle to uh, one of the best players in the country cannot be overlooked. She is uh, incredibly talented in her own right, um, has had more than a few big games. She scored 25 points in that win over Baylor, 24 points in one of the wins over Ohio State. So, She's just as capable as anybody, or excuse me, just as capable as Nas Hillman to having a big scoring night as well. So those two are as good of a duo as you're going to find in the Big Ten this season. They are going to lead the charge for the Wolverines. Uh, biggest challenge is simply the fact that Michigan has been playing games when IU hasn't. Uh, in the span that IU has not played, Michigan has played four times, beaten two ranked teams. Uh, won twice on the road in that span. So this is a really, really good Michigan team. There was a lot of talk, even from myself, that Maryland was the team to beat in the Big Ten. Hoosiers made a statement against Maryland, but Michigan is the team that it seemed like is going to be the one that is going to put up the strongest fight in the Big Ten alongside the Hoosiers. So for a number of reasons, this is a really important game. Obviously, if the Hoosiers want to win a Big Ten title, this is going to be the matchup that is going to be important to win. Uh, these two teams are only going to meet uh, this one time uh, today or yeah, tonight in Michigan. So uh, if the Hoosiers want to have any kind of tiebreaker, any kind of advantage in that regard, got to win tonight. It's not an easy ask considering they've had two weeks off. Um, I think maybe, maybe not more importantly, but uh an important factor as well is this could really, I think, vault Indiana uh, up in even higher in the rankings. Like 
I know it sounds weird. They're number six. If you look at the voting, uh, South Carolina is always far and away number one. Uh, Stanford and NC State are kind of de- close enough behind, but there's a gap between those three and then everyone else. Louisville's four, Tennessee five. Hoosiers win this one. I think they're securely uh, up into that number four seed or number four ranking conversation. And then you start having discussions of a potential number one seed for the Hoosiers. We talked um, in, I believe, Friday's episode about kind of a bracketology update. Hoosiers are one of the best two seeds, uh, and it was a matter of which bracket they're going to find themselves in. It won't matter if you're one of the one seeds and are able to make that case. So if the Hoosiers have ideas of being a one seed in the NCAA tournament, which is wild to think about, this is the type of game you win. Uh, this is the uh, probably the biggest game in terms of kind of ranking, resume boosting in that regard. Hoosiers are going to have on the schedule. They'll end the year against Iowa and Maryland, but um, neither of those are top 10 ranked, and it doesn't seem like Maryland. Maryland is struggling right now, so I doubt they're going to be top 10 ranked. So you win this one. Uh, you make quite the statement, especially without McKenzie Holmes. You make quite the statement and start to really enter yourself into the discussion as uh, that last number one seed. So big, big game tonight. Be sure to tune into the Hoosiers. Uh, 7 p.m. ESPN2. Uh, they'll be playing in Michigan. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We will be back with you tomorrow to recap this Michigan game. Uh, maybe look at some of the lineup data from that IU-Maryland game. I'm going to try to get some guests in throughout the week for you guys. It's going to be a long week without any IU basketball couple different people I uh, want to try to bring on uh, to talk IU basketball, maybe some IU football as well. So uh, we're going to try to keep you guys entertained with some guests uh, throughout the week as we lead into, uh, for the men's, another big showdown against Illinois on Saturday. Now for your second listen today, guys, head on over to the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love you guys give us on a day-to-day basis. I cannot say that enough. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. It's really quick for you guys. Helps us out a ton, as does our rating. If whatever app you're using to listen to uh, us on, if you just quickly leave us a five-star review again, Helps us out immensely. Uh, Most importantly, though, guys, make sure you have a great Monday. Go Hoosiers and LEO.